0: things over, over the coming weeks, but for those of you who don't know, uh, Bethel for the last couple years years have partnered with Riverside High School. They do some of their intergrade testing here, they use our facility. We, we feel like as a local church, as a community church, one of the things we should do is, is be a good neighbor to the institutions around us. And certainly we had a personal connection to Riverside for a long time when Sister Christy Britt here was a teacher there. And I thank God for our teachers. I thank God for them. And we've partnered with Riverside, and we had the privilege to meet one of the assistant principals. Recently, I had a chance to go out DMIP and pray there, and we met Jasmine McCoy. Jasmine, would you stand? Jasmine's one of the assistant principals at Riverside High School. Thank you, Jasmine. And this Friday, uh, by much of your faithfulness, we were able to provide breakfast. Tammy and I went out and was we were our church was able to provide breakfast for all 150 teachers at Riverside High School. And so, uh, we partnered with Jasmine. She allowed us to come in and meet the principal and we were able to pray with Jasmine. We were able to pray uh, with the principal And we pray that God's presence would be in that school, that God's wisdom would be in that school, and that God himself would set an angel at the door of Riverside High School and keep that school safe. And so I want to thank Jasmine for coming and uh, allowing us to uh, partner. We hope to be able to meet with the staff uh, in the near future, because what we want the staff to know, you all have been so faithful in your giving and our Benevolence Fund in particular. And, you know... When the, doc, when the uh, superintendent of Durham Public Schools met with the Durham Ministers in prayer, he said something that was so true. He said, anything that you see out in society walks through the doors of, that, of any school. And that includes homelessness, that includes poverty. And so I've, I've asked Jasmine to let us meet with the staff, and if there's an extraordinary circumstance in a child's life. I think I know this church well enough to know that we can step up and help meet that. And so that's one of the things we hope to be able to do in the future as well. But I just want to thank you, Jasmine, for coming and, and being a part of our service today. And you're, all, you're always welcome here. Uh, just a couple more announcements. Uh, the ladies' potluck breakfast has been rescheduled to Saturday, uh, 924 at 10 a.m. For you ladies, if you want to put that on your, on your calendar, 924 at 10 a.m. And there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. You'll be hearing more about this as we go forward. You've heard about this ministry already. Some of us attended a training for it in Raleigh, and some of the people of our church went and prayed in the Chapel Hill uh, area for the Love Life ministry. So the week of October 8th through the 15th will be what we call our adoption week for that ministry. Uh, A representative of Love Life will be here on Saturday, October 8th. There'll be a short message... and then the representative from Love Life will be here, and he will present that ministry to us as a church. Uh, then Wednesday, they're uh, challenging us to pray and fast. And then the following Saturday, we will actually go to Raleigh with about two other churches, probably about 200 people. And in essence, what we will do, we will have church within eyeshot of a place where there are abortions at. Now, it, I've told you before, this is not a hold sign ministry. It is not. This is a prayer ministry. And in essence, what she said is we, it'll be at 9 to 10.30, 9 to 10.30, and they, vary, they stay on their time schedule. We will have a chance to go and pray. There'll be a couple praise and worship songs. We will have church in the vicinity of the dark, one of the darkest areas in that city. That's simply what it is, to bring God's presence there and offer hope. And so I hope you'll be a part of that. You'll see some more of that. We have some graphics that'll be coming up. And, but if, if you'll go ahead and put October the 15th, which is a Saturday on your schedule? We would love for you to be a part of that.
1: Good morning. Good morning. I thank you, Brother Larry. I, I really appreciate what you're doing with the schools. I I think something is happening uh, in our community today. I, my wife and I, had the privilege of talking to our one of our grandchildren. His name is Ian, and he's attending Elon College. And he plays uh, football on the football team. And he was telling us this week that they go to church, that the whole football team goes to church almost every Sunday. I mean, to, to, to me, that's unheard of, that that coach and the leader's of that football team will take them, load them in a bus and and go. And he said, we went to a black church too and said, really and truly, we like that better than anything else. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how you came this morning, but I believe you're going to leave better than you came. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame. And this is the reason Because the Holy Ghost of Acts He's still the same You won't leave here Like you came In Jesus' name Bow your heads with us Father in heaven, we thank you so much, dear God, for the opportunity that we have to come in your house. And you tell us when we gather together, there you are in the midst if we gather in your name. And that we do. Lord, you know this congregation today. You know every need. You know every mom, every dad, every young person. And Father, we humbly, I humbly pray this morning that you might reach out and touch each one. Meet that need. Touch that life. Encourage the discouraged. Heal the broken heart. Heal the sick bodies. Manifest your Holy Spirit and your power. In this church today in Jesus name well you won't leave here like you came (laughs) in Jesus name I believe that today you won't leave here like you came In Jesus' name. And here's the reason why. Because the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost of Acts, he's still the same. You won't leave here like you came. In Jesus' name. Now, I believe most of us know this song, or some of us know the song. And I'm going to sing it just a little bit different. I want you to sing it with me, and I want you to sing it by faith. Whatever needs you may have, I, I I would suppose that every person here today has needs, and our God is a need supplier. He's real today, folks. He's not someone sitting off in a corner somewhere wondering what to do and all of those things. He's real in our lives and in our hearts. And so when you say by faith, God in your heart or in this song or in your words, I'm not going to leave here like I came. You're going to touch my life. And I say that in faith and believe in God. Got to minister to you. He'll lift you up. He'll put a smile on your face and a spring in your step. If you know it, sing it with me. I won't leave here like I came. I won't leave here like I came. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. bound or oppressed tormented sick or lame why because the Holy Ghost he's still the same I won't leave now I can see faith arise, and I believe in some of your hearts and lives. I want you to sing it one more time. Stand with me if you can, or if you just want to sit. But let's sing it one more time. I won't leave you like I came. In Jesus' name, sing it by faith. Bye oppressed tormented sick or lame why sing it out because the holy ghost of acts he's still the same I won't Leave here like I came in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, Miss Judy. Thank you so much. This morning I would like to look at the latter part of the book of Acts, the 18th chapter. And the first part of the 19th chapter. And the reason I want to say, you you and I both know that the Bible was not written with chapters and verses. And so when you see, even though you go into another chapter, that uh, it it doesn't necessarily change the subject. But it's a continuation of what? The writer was saying, I want to talk about four men. No, I'm sorry. I want to talk about three men and a lady. I want to talk about four people this morning that I believe will will help us understand what's going on in the churches, in our lives, our culture today. I hope you have an outline. If you do not have an outline, I hope there's someone here. Lift your hands, and we want to make sure, because I want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. Okay, we have some. All the way to the front, Brother Larry. Here's come one. Understand, if I talk about Aquila, Priscilla, or Apollos or Paul. We're talking about incidents of like right now. It happened thousands of years ago. But it means something to us today. it's it's relevant, how Apollos lived and others lived. and the Bible records it. It's not just there to read as a, as a good, As a good story, and there are good stories. It's it's to reveal, listen to this, what God allows to be written in the Bible, it reveals the truth to us. It introduces the truth of God to us. It's not just something to come and sit and say, oh, that's a good story. It needs to be, and I can... We could say amen to this. It needs to be relational to us. And so I'm going to begin by reading, if you will, the 24th through the 28th verses of the book of Acts chapter 18. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandra, and that's Egypt, an eloquent man. That word eloquent means he was. Now I want you to notice this man as it describes the characteristics and the makeup of this man. He was an eloquent man and that means he was a learned man and mighty in scripture. So he was a learned man, eloquent man, mighty in scripture of the scriptures he came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in what? In the way of the Lord. I was so impressed as I studied this and read these scriptures and being fervent in spirit. Now, I'll get to some of these in just a moment more. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Now, when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Verse 27, And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. When he arrived, he greatly help those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your word. It is life. Your word is life unto us today. And we read it. And we study it. And we meditate on it, and it gives us life. God, open our ears and our understanding, dear God, that we can be able to comprehend what you're saying today and reveal to us what it really means. Notice your outline. First of all, I have Apollos. Then I have the other two, Priscilla and Aquila. Now, They are mentioned, these two, husband and wife team, several times in the scripture. And when one is mentioned, always the other one is mentioned. First of all, Apollos was a well-educated Jew. He was educated with a thorough knowledge, certainly, of The scripture, the Bible says, Luke writing this book says that he was mighty in the scriptures. He was fervent in spirit. Other words, he had what so many lack today. He was fiery in enthusiasm. How many of you know the church needs to get enthused? About serving God. We need to get enthused about going to church. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. We drag out of bed. We drag into the bathroom. We drag getting ready. We drag it. God wants us to be excited about serving him. It's a good place to say a big amen. He does. And Apollos was fiery in his enthusiasm. Number three, he knew only the baptism of John. Uh, He was accurate in everything he taught about Jesus Christ up to a point. And I must say without any hesitation that there are a lot of churches And I'm not, I don't knock churches. I don't knock denominations because there are a lot of good people in other churches. We have a prayer team on Tuesday morning. It's called the Durham Ministers in Prayer. And there are about six that have been meeting there. There are not that many there on Tuesday, but different ones come at different times. There are about 60 ministers and ministries that meet on Tuesday morning and pray. And I often say this, we're not the only people in Durham praying. There's a lot of people in Durham praying. But there are people that fail to understand fully the Word of God, and they know only the baptism of John now this, this this is just very important to me the baptism of John was the baptism of being born again what did John preach what did he in fact he as he baptized in the river of Jordan would not even baptize people unless they brought forth what fruit for repentance unless they had repented of their sin. It's a great, great doctrine. And I'm not sure that all the churches even preached the gospel up to that point, being saved, born again, repenting of the sin. And so, but Apollos was a man that was had so many commendable things about him. But he went to the synagogue and he preached. And Priscilla, let me back up and talk about them just a moment. Priscilla and Aquila lived, worked, and traveled with the apostle Paul, and they heard Apollos preached. In other words, they went to church just like this. They went to a synagogue. And this preacher was there. Oh, was was he sharp. Oh, he was a Chuck Swindoll of orators. He knew how to preach and teach. And they started not complaining, not to find fault, but they knew something was missing. I'm here to tell you this morning that in a lot of churches, something is missing. And it ought not to be because we have the Word of God that is for us today. And the truth of God's Word is for us today. They took Apollos aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. You know, I want us to know just something about Apollos. First of all, though he was well learned, he was from Alexandria, which was a very important center for academic learning. He knew his stuff. He could have sit back and been proud. And now Aquila and Priscilla were not only ministers of the gospel; they were tent makers, along with the Apostle Paul. They made tents. So when they heard Apollos, they went up to him and said, "Could we, could we go to Shoney's, or could we go to uh, McDonald's, or could we, we go to uh, one of my favorite places?" Is uh, Olive Garden, ooh. That salad and soup, Mm mm-mm. Can we go somewhere and sit down and have a meal? I don't know what they did. But he was willing to go with them and join with them. Now, I don't think they said, man, you just ain't got it. Boy, something's (laughs) missing in your ministry. I don't think they said it that way. I think they approached a teachable Apollos with, with, with kindness. First of all, they were observant. Now, if it had been me in that church that Sunday morning and hearing this orator and hearing this great preacher preach and teach, I would have gone out and said, wow, I want to go back and hear him again. I can come in church and uh, I, I am pretty observant, but my wife... She is so observant, and I'm going in there, and I'm just looking three sheets in the wind, and she's got her eyes not critical. She just knows what's going on. She's that sensitive to the spirit and that sensitive to the needs of people. And we'll leave, and she said, you know, so I said, no, I didn't know that. There are people that are observant, and we need to be aware of the needs of people around us. People that are hurting. People that are bound with all kind of, of immorality. People that are bound with all kind of alcohol and drugs. We'll meet with some people, and my son will say, whoo. So what is it? He, of course, he was in that lifestyle, Neil was. He, he knows the smell of drugs like a hound dog knows the trail of a rabbit, you know. <laughs> and I can't, I can't smell it. I, walk, I said, what, what is it? He said, you didn't smell I said, no, I didn't smell nothing. But we need to be observant. Can I get an amen with that one? That's a good thought. That the church, the church needs to be aware of what's going on in their surroundings. Because there's a lot of people that need help. And the only way that we can help them is be aware of it and pray for them and approach them with the right attitude and the right word to be able to help them and lift them out of the bondage that they're in. Amen? And Aquila and Priscilla, they were observant. They took Apollos aside and talked to him. Well, the the, the Bible says here, and and I love this, Uh, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now let me me ask you something. What do you think was missing in Apollos' life? I mean, when you got all of these things you could say about him, great preacher, great teacher, plugged in, knowing all the scriptures That about, he was well, he was taught in Alexandra, the Torah, the Old Testament. He knew all about it. He knew all about the word of God. Yet something was missing. Something was missing. What do you think they talked to him about? I think it's interesting. That's the reason I wanted to tell you that I'm going to, I was going to be reading from the 18th chapter of the book of, of Acts and go right into the 19th chapter. Can, can, can I just skip over there a minute and then come back a little bit to Apollos? Look at, look at Acts chapter 19, if you will. Great, great reading. Verses 1 through 7. And it happened while Apollos, see, it ties 18, 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding somewhat, what did he find? Say it out disciples. Now, I'm amazed at how people take these two incidents and turn them around. Over and over, I read behind the ministers and the commentaries, commentators saying they weren't even saved. These 12 disciples in Ephesus that Paul addressed, they say he, they were not even saved. You can't be a disciple recorded, not what I say, recorded by the Word of God, they were disciples. They were saved. They were born again. Let me continue reading. Follow me, if you will. And finding some disciples, he said to them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit, Spirit when you what? Believe." So they were believers. God's not going to put that in here unless they were believers. What makes you a believer? A believer is a, a Christian. In fact, Christians are called believers. So there's no question, did you receive the Holy Spirit Spirit when you believe?" So they said to him, "We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit." Verse three. And he said to them, "Into what then were you baptized? So they said, "Into what? John's baptism. Apollos, John's baptism. The 12 disciples at Ephesus, John's baptism. Do you notice the connection? And and, and Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, deals with this right together. 18th chapter, right into the 19th chapter, and we go right into where Paul, Says this, verse 4. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Okay? Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is, on who? Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they were baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus, verse 6. And then Paul, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. I, 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 I look at this. Of course, I, I believe this is my theology. I believe this. I'm Pentecostal. Let me say that again. I am Pentecostal. I believe in the Pentecostal experience. I believe in the Pentecostals and everybody can be baptized in the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, which is a very same thing, and speak in tongues. Oh, but Brother Don, that stopped years ago. You can't prove that anywhere. In the scripture. Oh, I know we can dice it out, and I know we can selectively look at scripture and, and and maybe, but that's not true. Now, listen, let me say something very important. When Paul asked them, had they received the Spirit, there are times in the Scripture when it when the scripture says, did you receive the Spirit? It means receiving the Spirit at salvation and having the Spirit of sonship. And it can also mean, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It doesn't lock you into one or the other. He said, did you receive? Man heard. He taught them, rebaptized them in water, laid his hands on them, and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get to that in just very, very, very important. Notice under Roman numeral number two. These are baptized Christians who, whose knowledge about the Holy Spirit is defective. These disciples had only been baptized in John's baptism, which I said... The Holy Spirit of Sonship. When you are saved, this is so simple. When you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. Okay? And that's called the Spirit of Sonship. You become a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. The Spirit, certainly, of Sonship. Paul leads them into a fuller experience with the Holy Spirit. We just read it, verse 6. The Spirit's fullness is displayed by their speaking in tongues and prophesying. I, I, I hope you're following that. And if you, have, if you struggle with what I'm saying, study it. Study it. Look at it. This, this, these two there was something missing in Apollos' life. And even in Pentecostals, sometimes there's something missing because we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be manifested in the service. Amen? No matter if you're Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, we need the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. He said, Brother Don, that's just one incident. There are five, five incidents in the book of Acts where they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Three of them, they spoke in tongues. The other two, it insinuated that they spoke in tongues. Five, mind you. And all you need is one or two witnesses, the Bible says, to confirm anything. God. Luke confirms it with five incidents where people are baptized with the Holy Ghost and they speak in tongues. Somebody say hallelujah. Mm. Wow, man, I might get excited and fall off the platform. This we were talking about him. He was so excited. He was standing right on the edge playing that guitar in practice, and I was a little concerned that he would fall off, but he didn't. He got good balance. All right, now follow me if you will. Stay with me if you will. Look at Roman numeral number three. The twin works of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a well. Now, most of you are familiar with with, with John chapter 4. Jesus and his disciples go through Samaria. Jesus sits down there at the well, and he's waiting. The disciples go into town to buy some food and needs. So here is the Son of God. Here is Jesus Christ. Here is God himself sitting down the rest. He had to sit down the rest because he was there in his human body. So he sat down the rest. And here comes a woman. She's got a big picture container with her. And she comes to draw water, it's about 12 o'clock. It's about as hot as it's going to get, and it was hot. Usually the ladies came to draw water early, but she was an outcast. She had been married five times, and the man she was living with, she was not even married to. She comes to draw water from the well and this Jew, she's a Samaritan, asked her for a drink of water. She was stunned. She didn't know hardly what to say. And she said, first of all, men just didn't uh, do that to, to... strange women they just sat there and didn't say anything she said you being a Jew asked me for a drink of water he said if you drink this water you're going to thirst again but the water now, now I'm getting happy the water that I give will spring up well, I want to read it to you. I just don't want to talk about it. Jesus answered, John 4. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this, drink of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh, and this is this is the King James, it's a reading you see the drinketh. Uh, whosoever drinketh of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. I got to say that nine years old. I accepted Jesus Christ. He came on the inside. I ain't never wanted nothing else. All my buddies and school buddies at school, at Halls and Hopton High School, they were doing this and doing that. But I didn't want it. I didn't want that lifestyle. I wanted to serve Jesus Christ. Once you drink that water, you ain't gonna thirst no more. Not for things of the world. It's good preaching, Brother Don. (laughs) But the water that I shall give him shall be in him what? A well of water springing up into everlasting life. And it's there. It's there when you feel it. It's there when you don't feel it. It's there when uh, Sunday. It's there Monday. It's there on Friday. No, but the, that that water is there. So notice what I have: the Holy Spirit as a well. When a person is born again, the Holy Spirit comes into that life. And the Holy Spirit, someone says, I'm waiting to be baptized in the Holy Ghost so I can overcome the devil. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit that comes into your life and into your heart when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior gives you power over the enemy and over the devil. Don't wait. There's power in the Spirit. (laughs) (coughs) For righteous living, Notice now, <clears throat> I, I, I love John 7. This, <clears throat> this is some of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Read with me, if you will, John 7, 37, 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, the King James says belly, out of his heart will flow what? Rivers. Rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus Christ was not yet. So scripturally, I don't think there's any question. Scripturally, the Holy Spirit is explained and given this. It's a well. But when a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's a river. The well is on the inside. It gives gives refreshment. It gives life. How many of you have that? I hope you have that well. It's, it's, It's absolutely wonderful. The greatest thing in the world is not going to Disney World, getting married getting a new house or a new car the greatest thing in the world is knowing Jesus Christ as your personal savior and you receive that when you receive Christ, when you ask him to forgive you and that's the reason that for apollos and these 12 disciples that Paul ministered to that's the reason it talked about John's baptism, it was talking about the born-again experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need that? Why do we need to receive the Spirit baptism subsequent to being saved? Why do we need that infilling? We need it for the work of the Lord. Acts 1 and 8, and you shall receive power, dunamis. That's where we get our word dynamite. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you got dynamite in you. You're not to be ashamed. You're not to be timid. You're to be bold, bold, bold in the Lord. One is for the work of the, one is, is, is for the work of the spirit internally, and the other. Salvation is for the work of the Spirit inside, internally, giving you strength, overcoming grace, comfort. The other one, my friend, is for service, and the church needs service. We need to see people saved. Coming with that baptism of the Holy Spirit is the nine gifts of the Spirit. We need to see those gifts in operation. The gift of wisdom. The gift of knowledge. The gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. All the nine gifts that God gives, they need to work in the church today. You shall receive power at the, after that, the Holy Spirit. Now notice, I, 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 this, this really is important. Both are important. The twin, you notice I have the twin works of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit when we're born again and the work of the Holy Spirit when we are filled, <clears throat> baptized, Twins have the same Father. And the Spirit of God, it's not two spirits, it's not two Holy Spirits, it's the Spirit of God that operates in different measures. Amen? Both are important. And we shouldn't pit one against the other. But we do that. You're Baptist. You're Pentecostal. Y'all speak in tongues. We don't speak in tongues. You believe in the baptism. We don't believe in the baptism. We're not to pit each one against the other. Great. We need to see plainly both twins. The the twin. Of being born again, the twin of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And someone says, "I, I hear it. I, 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 as I studied this so over and over and over again, the fallacy, the misunderstanding, the misunderstanding." I read one writer, and he said the converse. Of Apollos. I can see him right now standing behind the pulpit. The conversion of Apollos. That's a sermon era. Because when I read all those things about Apollos, they said Apollos was not even saved. I mean, you got to stretch that. To try your best to prove that this man, that knew the baptism of John, that was eloquent, eloquent, and he preached what the word said exactly, he was saved. He was born again. Just wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. The twelve disciples—they were disciples. They were believers. They were saved. They just not They just weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. And the church today, many churches, many people believe just like that. And you go to church empty and you leave the church empty. You go to church dry and you leave the church dry. You know, you go through the motion, you go through the motion, you go through the motion. All of that, all of that. Church after church after church. Let me say this, church. The church today, and I'm talking about the overall church today, needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I know this is something you don't hear every Sunday morning, and you don't hear it taught. But I believe this morning that it needs to be taught. It needs to be read. It needs to be lived. That we can see our sons and daughters and moms and dads. You want to know the answer to the problems of this nation? The problems of home? You let people get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. It will straighten you out. It will change your life. It will renew you. It will give you power. The Bible says you will lay your hands. It's over and over. You can't deny it. It didn't stop with the early church. You can lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. You can speak with new tongues over and over and over again. God wants the church to be experiencing today, 2022, the manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord. That's the reason that we can sing with faith in our hearts. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Why? It's because the preacher's a great preacher? No. The teacher's a good teacher? No. Because this is a certain church? No. Because of the power of God that needs to flow and function and operate. Amen. It's for the work of the Lord. Jesus said, these works shall you do that I do also. And even greater works. Can you say amen? Even greater works. Even greater works. Jesus said in Acts 1 and 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now now let me tell you something it 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 started a powerful move the day of pentecost let me review by uh ff bruce i love his writings it's if as ff F. bruce wrote apollo's combined great biblical learning An accurate knowledge of the story of Jesus with spiritual enthusiasm. Where then was his inadequacy? Why was it that Priscilla and Aquila needed to take him aside to explain the way of God more accurately? And what was it they told him when he was an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, trained in Alexandria, had been taught the way of the Lord and he taught others about Jesus with enthusiasm and accuracy. What exactly was it that they needed to teach him? Was it only concerning baptisms that he required tutoring or more? There is difference of opinion over what exactly it was which made Apollos' teaching inadequate. Now, as I told you, I am Pentecostal. I, I, I don't use that. It's a, I just, we are. We're, we're Pentecostal. But let me tell you what this says how we believe. Pentecostals claim this verse indicates Apollos knew nothing of the baptism of the Spirit, the filling or the fullness of the Spirit, which comes with the second blessing. In short, that Apollos did not speak in tongues and therefore did not have the sign sign gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see this clearly in Luke's writing concerning the 12 disciples. Paul, the Apostle Paul, addresses in Acts chapter 9. Come, Brother Matt. I love this song. You call my name. And I ran out of that grave. If God calls you. If Jesus calls you. If you're in that grave of deadness. If you're in that grave of backsliding. If you're in that grave of even not knowing Jesus Christ. If you're in that grave of bondage. God wants to set you free. The same way that Jesus did with the demoniac of Gadarae that lived daily in the tombs, naked, cutting himself, screaming out, miserable, bound. But when Jesus came on the scene, that man was delivered and set free. And the people of the city, I love this verse, <clears throat> came out to see him. They saw him sitting, they saw him clothed. And they saw him in his right mind. I wish somebody would go to Washington and get those people with their right minds. I mean that. I, I don't know how in the world they mess this country, this country up like they're messing it up. Beats all I have ever seen in my They need their right minds. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, I'm not against all of Washington. I don't want you to think that at all. And there are good people there in Washington, D.C. But some are there leading this country in the wrong way. Stand with us. Let's sing this song. Machine. Who it was my tomb, tomb. till
0: I met
1: we forget where we were when we met Jesus. Brother Matt sing that part again. It's talking about all the things that we were. What I was. hallelujah hallelujah receive folks receive there's not a person here today that if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit that you can be you can be baptized I want you to think what you were what you were and where you are now that's exciting to me brother man Sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your voice. Sing it. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call, you me, call me a citizen, citizen of, heaven. of heaven.
0: When I was broken,
1: you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I breathing. I have a future. In church come on put your hands together. Young man over here, Larry. What's the young man over there? Desiree. Josiah. Would you come up here a minute? I want you to teach this congregation something. Hallelujah. That that young man can clap his hands, and he acts like he's in. Come here. I love this young. Praise man. Come God. up right up here on, with me. <laughs> Hug my neck, Josiah. <laughs> now I want us to sing that song, that part again. Now I want you to stand right here, and I want I'm going to embarrass I want you to clap your hands. Will you do it for me? Will you get into it? All right. Now I want you to take a lesson from Josiah Day. Here we go. Sing that part again. Clap those hands. Here we go, come on. to see young men in church on Sunday morning Amen. but they're not only in church they're serving God they're entering in they're entering in you call my name and I ran out of that grave sing it again Yeah, yeah. Clap those. Give him a good clap offering. Give God, give God a good clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm excited. God's going to do something to this, this body of believers, and I believe that God's going to touch churches in this city. We've been praying for 22 years, 22 years. Us and other ministers have been praying 22 years for churches in this city. And I believe there's going to be revival. I believe it. I believe there's going to be revival. I don't know when, but it's going to be when the church does... What did I say Wednesday night? The church is going to do fourth thing. Carol, do we have any more of those books in there, whatever new... No, no. Uh, the, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She's got them. I'm going to talk about it in just a minute. I said Wednesday night... I'm, we're fixing to go. We can go get our chicken leg. But I, I, I said Wednesday night... The Bible says if the church will do four things, what's the first thing? Humble yourself. Get rid of your pride. Well, we just don't do things like that. I just don't know that. that. Loosen up. Be like Apollos. Have some zeal and enthusiasm and excitement. That's the reason the church don't want to go. I mean the world don't want to go to church now. They can go and and watch the Panthers beat up on the Buffaloes and they're hollering and jumping up and down and they can We can do the same thing. We just don't have the beer and the mess that goes along with it. Humble yourself. Get rid of the pride. To what? Pray. Pray, folks. Number three, seek His face. And number four, whoa, 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 don't just say this lightly. So we have to humble ourselves and to pray, to seek His face, and do what? Turn from our wicked ways. God help us as a church. Then, then, then the Bible says, then God will hear. You ever been praying and you felt like, God, you're not hearing? Just do those things. Then God will hear from heaven. He will forgive your sins. Church, sin needs to be dealt with. I'm not going to preach again. Sin needs to be dealt with. He's going to forgive your sins. And number three, what? He'll heal your land. Our land, it's drenched in sickness it's sick there's so much division in our land church against church whites against blacks and blacks against whites all kinds of division but let me tell you when you get saved God does away with all that denominational stuff when you get saved he does away with all that color stuff and you love you love you love have some books here i encourage you sister carol's got them on the front row if you don't have the baptism you don't preach i don't understand it g june evans writes this it's very simple you can read it with one sitting about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the outpouring of your Spirit. Thank you for a team. Thank you, Lord, for Matt. Thank you for his ministry and providing, dear God, leadership and music in this church. Thank you for every mom and every dad that came, every house, every home that's represented. May your blessings rest upon them. And all the congregation says, have a good day.